0: Hey everybody, welcome to the round table. Uh, I'm here with my friend Mick, and uh, we just got back from Africa. So uh, here's the whole point of today's round table is just to kind of interview Mick because uh, it was his first time to Africa, first time to Zambia, introduced him to, man, almost every one of my friends, which is such a blast, you know? But it's been so long since I've had that first time experience. I kind of wanted to debrief with Mick, but with all of you guys. So, uh, but I thought I would, you said something early on, like, I didn't even know where Zambia was. To, oh, no, you know. no, not at all. I had to so, look it up. Yeah, there you go. You can kind of see the kind of Africa, and uh, here's Zambia right down here. If you're listening to this, this makes no sense to you, but you can see South Africa, and you go up through Botswana, Zimbabwe area, and then we're... Right across the river is is Zambia, so the the southern part of the continent, and uh, eighty five hundred miles from, yeah, Iowa City. <laughs> That's a long way, dude, and it took a long time to get there. Yeah, we we flew Ethiopian Air, so enough said. Anyway, yeah. it was fun. So, first of all, Mick, maybe introduce yourself, man. Tell them. You grew up in a famous city in Iowa. Oh,
1: I don't know about that. Chucktown, yeah. Charles City. I, yeah, I grew up in a small town, actually not too far from Jeff. Yep. Um, Orchard. Okay. Right? Um, yeah. I grew up in Charles City and uh, went to school at Northern Iowa, got my CPA degree, did the public accounting stuff for seven years, and then went to work for uh, a client, private industry uh, for 20-some years, and then was fortunate enough to kind of go explore the last four or five mm-hmm. years and do something different. So yeah, been in the finance world for a lot of years, but uh, just right now trying to continue to be on that journey to get to know Christ better.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. we've had a lot of a lot of fun together. Figured out we grew up about, I don't know, 15, 16 miles from each other, both wrestled. Yeah. Probably if we ever did wrestle each other, you would have pinned me.
1: So I don't want to know if we they don't ever don't have did. my weight class anymore. I was a 98 <laughs> pounder all the yeah. way through high school. <laughs> and gonna... I'm looking back at that. <laughs> How many people are like 60% more of what they weighed in high school and still oh man, at least not overweight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, here we
0: are both from small town Iowa yep. and then travel together uh, to Zambia. So give me some of your just first impressions, like maybe what, what you had in mind versus what you saw or experienced when you got there. Any just kind of overall first impressions of it?
1: Yeah, I don't think I went with any impression because I really didn't know what to expect. I, haven't, mm. I, I knew, you know, you think of Africa, you think of the safari and out in the, the right. bush and stuff. Um, but as we flew into Lusaka, the city, you know, you're kind of like, okay, Yeah. this is different, you yeah. know, and just some of the roadways and the structures that you've seen and saw in the population. So um, it wasn't really till we, we made the journey out into Serenje and into mm-hmm. the, the remote villages that really kind of awakened me to yeah. how little I really, um, knew about hmm. parts of Africa. Um, particularly the the diversity. You know, you hmm. could be just fully immersed in traffic one minute in people. Yeah. And then just out in the remote yeah. where there was nobody right. except for huts and yeah um you know little villages and pathways uh, to those places. So um Yeah, yeah the it was, city the city is
0: you know as you know, I try to get out of there as fast I know, as I, I, can can. See, I can. I can see why.
1: I think you probably stayed there longer
0: than you ever have. Oh, but. for sure. We lost all our luggage on the way and had to yeah. wait for that and stuff. So we ended up having to stay in Lusaka a little bit longer. But over the last just few years, it has really uh, kind of modernized mm-hmm. a lot of, especially uh, Chinese money has come in. Right. So there's these malls and there's these new uh, you know, flyover roads, and just different stuff that makes it look fairly modern in parts, and then there's the ghetto, terrible, terrible right. slums right next to that and stuff. So, uh, yeah, very much like what goes on in a lot of the world right now, where these urban centers are drawing huge populations and they don't have the infrastructure for it, so you get these squalors and these, it's it's kind of a scary thing, but all the problems of, of the city are very, very different than where we give our attention to up in the rural areas. and and really the underserved areas, there's a lot of organizations that do um, primary work in the cities, and r- mm-hmm. rightly so. There's a huge population to help and serve. But because that draws a lot of the attention of these organizations, these rural areas go very underserved, right. and so there's a lot of poverty. They're always on the kind of cusp of losing everything because if they get a drought or a flood or a pestilence or whatever, mm-hmm. Their little gardens don't grow, they don't eat, you know, and so just hanging, you know,
1: on on just the cusp of disaster all the time. But uh, it's, it's interesting, though. That's where I felt mo- I felt most at peace. Yeah. Away from the city and in totally. those remote places where it's um, nothing but people, basically trying totally. to survive. But for some strange re- reason, back to your original question, I think that's that was. Where it felt the most home, yeah, kind of in a way,
0: yeah. And the Hope Center itself is like a little oasis, yeah. you know. It's just the the gardens are growing and you know just uh, flourishing because of Omega and Lydia and the different ones that work the gardens. And um, anyway, it's it's like this beautiful little oasis in the in the midst of Serengeti. So it's fun that way. Who is who is one of your favorite people that you met?
1: Ooh. That's hard. Um, yeah. Marjorie comes to mind yeah. right away. Just, you know, a lot of the nuts and bolts. There's so many people. It takes it takes everybody. But yeah. Marjorie is this courageous, faithful woman that mm-hmm. just humbled me to the core about her ability to just totally mm-hmm. rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, what, whatever the situations that come up during the, during the day, whether it's the the meals or the children or mm-hmm. people, it's just immediately let's go to prayer if yeah. you know there was this same TIA this is Africa yeah. <laughs> and expect the unexpected so I was just humbled by Marjorie's ability to to go into prayer and say mm-hmm. the Lord will provide in those situations let's not worry about it she's amazing yeah. even our girls that stayed there we took a
0: couple gals and then our summer team salt team was there serving Lusaka we took them up with us mm-hmm. and so all those gals stayed with Marjorie uh, mm-hmm. right there at the Hope Center And they were also talking about how uh, she would wake them up and have prayer with them in the morning. And I was kind of shamed. I'm like, shoot. (laughs) We got (laughs) up and made (laughs) coffee. (laughs) So, uh, but anyway, just her faithfulness. It's contagious and uh, love that. Anybody else? Who else? Oh, yeah.
1: You know, Omega, you mentioned the Mm -hmm. gardener. Just um, we got uh, the opportunity to go work in uh, the the field a little Mm -hmm. bit with Omega's. Uh, people, Jacob and Sylvester just watering. Uh, it's their dry season, obviously over there. So to water the the gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, so Omega, and then just certainly Joe, yeah, and his family. You know mm-hmm. the struggles they have, but yet the joy that they bring to the table every mm-hmm. day. Novice kind of being the counterpoint to to Marjorie. Yeah, just so many people. But yeah. the similar thing was just they're all. Reliance on the Lord to provide, hmm. whereas here at least for sure, um, I know I tend to get self reliant and they strip you of all that, yeah. And just by example, show because there is nothing to rely to, on, right?
0: You know what I mean? Like, there are no safety nets over there, so their right. awareness of their dependence on the Lord uh, is very acute, you know. And I, I mean, honorable, uh, Joe. We, one of the things, I mean, you guys, if you follow us at all, you hear us talk about Zambia and you hear about Joe you almost would expect he wears a big red cape and a big S on his chest or something. <laughs> but he's the most unassuming, like if you see him, right? It's not, you're like, you're, you're Joe? Like right. you, you would expect this, I don't know, just the look of a heroic man, but he's the most simple Zambian, very humble man. And uh, one of the things he's trying to do is build this bridge. And the reason being is they, right now, to get a, across the river from Kabanza village, way out in a very remote valley, uh, across this river is they have two cables, one that you hold on and one lower that you keep your feet on like a tightrope walker and you shimmy across. Well, it's always stunned to me. Uh, it, people die. Someone just died a few days before we had got there. This, this man who's, I think, the village's strongest swimmer. But the river was high enough; it, it, his feet were under and under the water. On that lower cable, actually dips under the water, and something hit him or whatever went in, and they found his body three days later. Well, anyway, all that to say, while we were there, we found out that there was a woman in the village who was uh, well along into her pregnancy. Something was going on; I can't remember exactly what was going on, but they needed to get her to some medical help. Carried her on a stretcher, got as far as the river, wondering, "What do we do? What do we do?" Finally, the only solution they could think of is to have her ride on Joe's back, but in order to secure her over this thing, they tied her onto Joe. So, I mean, watching him go across that cable is death-defying. The thought of a nine-month pregnant woman tied onto his back,
1: and he made it. Because it's a cable. It's not like you have any flat platform. No, you got one hand that has to be up on the yeah. top, and and then your feet on this thin yeah. cable. So,
0: they have designed uh, a bridge, and by God's grace, uh, I think everything's now going to be provided. And uh, when we were able, to, Joe and his whole family showed up at the guest house uh, the morning that we were going to have to leave. I, I've got my coffee, I'm out on the front porch and about 6.30 in the morning all of a sudden the whole family comes walking up to the guest house, even little Axe who has yeah. uh, cerebral palsy or some, something, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, they they all come up, so we had a long talk and when I mentioned to him that I thought we, we had everything that we needed for him to be able to complete that bridge, the tears, tears. that flowed and the just, deep gratitude and and uh even Christabel saying yeah the whole village will come out they will have a festival I mean you were there I said wait you gotta hold up I want to go get Mick and Brian. oh yeah <laughs> it, yeah it
1: was the whole family it wasn't just Joe that that had tears of joy and then like you say to hear Christabel you know think of like every time her father goes out she worries if he'll come back mm-hmm. so it's it's the whole village that that provides opportunity for, but it's amongst the family, too, that yeah. we take things for granted here. They don't know if that will be the last time they see their father or their child based on mm-hmm. what that day calls for. So,
0: yeah. Oh, it's just, just a huge home gift. gift. Yeah. A bridge. Yes. A, sim- a simple suspension bridge, but it will be... They've never had it. You know, this village just gets so neglected, and now, by God's grace... Uh, You know, with some American partners, all their ingenuity, they will do all the work. It's not like we're kind of just throwing money at a problem or something like that. No, they just needed one little bit extra to be able to buy some materials, and all of a sudden, (laughs) it's gonna benefit scores of people. So... Yeah, that was a great experience. Oh man, yeah, I knew I needed to get you down there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so sometimes I feel like when I'm there, Spiritually my antenna is like tuned into the Lord in unique ways. I, I think getting plucked out of your routine and mm-hmm. home and dropped down. I just feel like God has your attention in some cool, beautiful way. Do you feel like even just spiritually, what do you think are some of the lessons that you brought back? You know, like like that did yeah. something in your soul, you know?
1: yeah once again there's a lot of stuff but you know one of the first things at least for me is that you know i come from a background of like trying to control risk Mm. or plan for everything and just immediately whether it was losing our luggage or the the bus breaking down or the the covid testing or just hourly there's things that come up that you just have to surrender spiritually to that but then even more so go into prayer it's kind of like you know let's pray about that and so that that was you know that just surrendering to that false Mm -hmm. sense of control or um, happiness that we might feel based on our circumstances versus joy based on the Lord Um, and just being I think I don't know that I've been around so many believers in so much faith. Just in the the conversation mm. for ten, you know, that long of a period. Right. Sometimes you tend to get away, and you get into situations where you wonder if you know. Well, the Lord is there, but you right. might not be with believers or something. So just to be continually surrounded by believers, yeah, and people so strong in their faith. Uh, you, at least for me, I couldn't do anything but learn from that and yeah. take away that boy. I, I've got a lot of work to do to mm. surrender. Spiritually and trust in the Lord and His Son, Jesus, just to, to provide. Um. Well, even the fact
0: that, you know, you mentioned like when that bus broke down mm. and there we are. <laughs> just nowhere to go and no no way to get back. Uh, Trying to figure out what to do. Uh, it's so funny how something happens when I'm around my Zambian friends. They teach me so much that I I, I find myself conforming to their... Outlook. They, mm-hmm. they just pull you, you know, into their... So anyway, we're standing there on the side of the road, and all of a sudden I just go, Joe, why don't we just go sit in the bushes? <laughs> so we just went in this tall grass off to the side of the tarmac. We had the most delightful conversation. Here's that bus broke down, and people, people are being responsible to try to call and figure out what we're going to do. But I knew that was happening. Marjorie was along. She was, right. you know, able to figure out. So there sat, you know, Joe and I, and able to talk through his the future of a possible clinic back in cabanza Anyway, I'm just saying rather than everybody standing around, pulling their hair out, trying to control the situation, you're like, Oh, all right. I guess now we're going to spend time on the side of this road. Right. What would God have us to talk about? What, what, how can we make, you know, I'm just saying they, I am more American when I'm American. When I'm there, I feel like they pull me into that trust, obey, Roll with it. Servanthood.
1: Uh, servanthood. That's yeah, what I, I, that I forgot my
0: Bible. when to grab my Bible real quick. Yeah, that
1: was just another. As I think about that, just their their outlook on how to serve as Jesus did um, just never stops, and oh. their ability to 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 not look at themselves. Whether you know you give them share your food with them or whatever, they immediately think of others and might take that to their children or their family versus like we might do in America, like take that for ourselves, you know? Because, I
0: asked Savius, remember I had that bicycle that I, yeah. that I had brought, and I just asked the Lord, I, I brought bought a couple bicycles, these Buffalo bikes that are really rugged and good for their terrain, and just asked the Lord, hey, who should I give this to? And then uh, one of them I just said to Savius up in Camena, yeah. I said, Savius, get got this bike, explain. He said, who should it go to? You know, and he thought for a moment, he came back to me, he said, I think Moffred really could use that bicycle, you know. And so he had me give it to Mafred. So I, I gave it to Moffred. And Moffred was elated out of his mind, you know. But just that idea that Savius could have easily said, oh, what a remarkable coincidence. I need a bicycle, you know. All right. But immediately thought of his brother and wanted that blessing and that very uh, kind of expensive, you know, gift. It, it could have been so alluring. But he immediately deferred, you know. Yep. So I was thinking this morning, in fact, I wrote this to my friend Jonathan over there. Just John 13, when Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're speaking rightly. That's that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. And every time I go, I think that is such a foundational, central truth that as followers of Christ, we're to follow Christ in his example of servanthood. And man, I am uh, moved, not with guilt. I don't walk away from my African brothers feeling guilty. I feel motivated to follow their example and serve others the way that they serve others and once again feel like I'm walking
1: in their shadow. So yeah. Dude, it was so fun having you along. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it was uh. a pure blessing to be able to to join alongside and you know, it's I was thinking about this on the way here. It's even still easy for those of us who went this time and every time after, you know, we we followed all the early work mm. that's been done. So mm. it how it was easier for us to just show up based on mm. thinking about all the work that's been done. The decade before this, with you and many others, to mm. build the Hope Center and you know already plant all the seeds that are, mm. are bearing fruit today. So, um definitely a blessing and eye opening, but yet can't forget all the work that's been mm. done beforehand to to make to make that if, uh, a and, joyful trip.
0: And honestly, uh Zambian yeah. workers, <laughs> yeah. Zambian hands. Maybe maybe we brought some resources, some encouragement along the way. But it is a a Zambian-led project, and uh, to God be the glory, what he's yeah. doing to feed children, train pastors, and plat- 402 churches have been planted. 402. And we're not talking about little kind of home studies. We're talking about mud brick buildings that hold right. a, thousand, a thousand, a hundred crammed in, I mean, The gospel is going out. It's remote villages. Remote
1: villages. You have to walk a dirt road with no shoes to. Oh, man.
0: Or or like Wenner that takes that buffalo bike, uh, another gentleman that got a buffalo bike, but uh, three hours on his bicycle to get to the church that he has planted, you know, on on these trails with his bicycle. and So to God be the glory. So anyway, guys, that's that's the roundtable for today. Um, I just want to pray before we go for Zambia and everything that's going on over there. Absolutely. God. Thank you that Mick and I had the privilege of seeing you at work among your people in Zambia. Thank you for that. Um, you continue to show me um, ways that I need to improve and in- increase in my in my own life and my journey toward you, Lord, by allowing me to come alongside those dear brothers and sisters. So bless the work of their hands, um, give them peace and security when. There has to be so many reasons for them to feel insecure. Um, Lord, would you continue to prosper them so that the gospel will continue to go out? And it does, and we're grateful to be able to see it, Lord. So for all those souls being saved, all those churches being planted, uh, we give you our heartfelt thanks, Lord. Um, we love you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, by the way, Mark wasn't here. <laughs> I forgot to say. Uh, he's taking a few days off, so... Uh, It was fun to be with you for the round table. All right, take care. God bless.